Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hello and welcome to the latest episode of the In For A Penny podcast. My name is Mark Schoffman and I am a freelance personal finance journalist and I'm joined by my sidekick partner in crime, Batman. Batman, also known as Joshua Gersler, who is a financial planner for the Orchard Practice, which is an advisory firm in suburbia, also known as Borenwood, Hertfordshire. A lot of people will know Borenwood as the home of Big Brother and also EastEnders. But if you want real drama, you need to be tuning in to our podcast on a regular basis. You are now on episode three of our protection series. Previously, we've spoken about the different types of protection products. Then, in episode two, we looked at the process. In episode three, we are going to discuss protection terms and jargon. Sounds good. Dun, 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 dun. That was the EastEnders drum beats. Okay. Didn't someone send us a... How are we doing in our global audience at the moment, Well, as you and regular listeners of the show will know, we have a global reach. We've hit countries already, such as the USA... Australia, Ukraine, the Netherlands. But we've also branched into Central America. Nice, where are we? We are now in Mexico. I believe they pronounce it Mexico. Mexico, so they're sitting there with their tequila and sombreros, listening in the Mexican sun to the In For A Penny podcast. In For A Penny does not authorise stereotypes. <laughs> Don't know whether they're trying to um, anyway get a Mexican mortgage... Or Should we wave to all our Mexican friends? A Mexican, we do a Mexican wave. wave? Start it. <laughs> I mean, this is fun for us, but no one listening. No one else. Okay. So, so we have been. To, yeah, we've been focusing on protection in the past few weeks. We actually have a couple of questions. Oh yeah. Should we? Uh, do you uh, want to read one out? We've got one here from Max, who lives in Edinburgh, okay. capital of Scotland. See, I know my geography. Okay. Thanks for listening, Max. So. And he wants to know: Do you need life insurance if you are not married? Do you want to have a good answer in that? Well, I guess one of the main reasons for having life insurance is you want your family and loved ones to be looked after when you go. Yeah. And if there if there are no loved ones when you go, what are you protecting? Yeah, I think that's a fair a fair comment. If you have people who are financially dependent on you, Max, then you might want to have life insurance in place so that when you are gone, they can still be financially secure. If there is no one that would be financially impacted on your death then there's no reason. So I wouldn't just look at it in marriage. I would look at it in terms of financial dependence. Okay. I also had a question. Okay. And you've got your hand out this episode. Fantastic. Can I insure my children? Or what? Well, I don't know. Could you insure them? Can they get critical illness cover? Yes. Yeah, so a lot of adults insurance policies include an option to add in children's critical illness cover, which is very cheap. It usually only adds a few pounds a month onto the premium. But if you are, God forbid, ever in that unfortunate situation where a child is seriously ill, and I don't want to name conditions because I don't even want to think about that as a possibility, but the insurer will pay out, pay you out for that. It's normally about £25,000 that they'll pay you if a child is critically ill. And if you've got more than one child and more than one was ill, they pay out for each child. And I think it usually goes up to about age 18 or when they leave education. Does it move on to an adult policy after that? No, it's just an add-on onto your policy. 
Okay. So if they wanted more cover, they'd have to take it out in their name. Or I shouldn't say more cover. If they wanted cover after they weren't... If they wanted cover once they no longer qualify because of age, they could take out a policy in their own name. So on this episode, we're going to talk about protection terms. I often write about protection policies, and I come across a lot of different terms, which aren't, it's not always clear what they are. So we're we going to do a big alien concept section here, then? We are, oh, yes. So regular listeners will remember our tombola of terms. So I've thrown a whole load in. I've thrown a whole load in. All the protection terms. All the protection terms. So should we just roll it round and then... Go on, let's hear comes, that sound. Yeah? There it is. Have you missed that? I have. Yeah. So the first one is level term. Shall I answer this one? No, yes. Well, I've heard of a spirit level. What is a level term? A So let's let's first start with term. So okay. the term means the length of your insurance policy. The term could be a year. So the policy runs for a year. It could be 10 years. It could be 20. It could be anything. That is the length of the policy. Level term means the payout from the insurance or the benefit stays the same throughout the term. It stays level. So you could have a million pounds worth of life insurance. That million pounds stays the same, stays level throughout the term of the policy. Next one out of the hat. Why? Well, so the next one, I think maybe linked to this, it's called indexation. Tell you what you might want to ask before indexation is decreasing term. Have you come across that? No, so I'm guessing that means your level of cover drops. Correct. It Why decreases. would you want to do that? The most common reason for having that is with a mortgage. So if you have a repayment mortgage and you've got a policy that you want to clear your mortgage, the decreasing policy will, the payout or the benefit, will decrease as your mortgage decreases. But if you then pay off your mortgage, would you have to get a new life insurance policy? You wouldn't have to because the insurance isn't directly linked to the mortgage, albeit it's there to pay off the mortgage, it's not directly linked. So you wouldn't have to get a new policy, but you probably would do. You'd probably review all your policies at that point and replace it. Okay, so we've done level term, we've done decreasing term. So and yeah, another phrase I've seen is indexation or increasing cover. What's that about? Indexation or increasing cover means that your payout or your benefit increases usually annually so if you started with a million pounds worth of life cover i should have picked an easier number should we start that again if you pick a hundred thousand pounds worth of cover you might link your policy to inflation index link it to inflation which is a very sensible thing to do because inflation is one of the biggest dangers to your money why if you pick a hundred thousand pounds worth of cover today 10 years time that £100,000 is not going to do as much for you as it is going to do today so if you link it to inflation if that £100,000 keeps pace with inflation it will always have the same purchasing power or spending power so you've got £100,000 worth of cover and your premiums are £1 it'd be nice if it was that cheap but I'm just using an example if inflation is 5% then next year they will say to you you have £105,000 worth of cover and your premiums will be £1.05. It could also be increased just at a set percentage. It doesn't have to be inflation linked. You could say I want it to go up 1% a year, 2% a year, 3%, whatever it may be. And when you talk about inflation, there are two different types. There's the retail prices index and the consumer prices index. Yeah. Which one of those is it linked to? It depends on the insurer. So should I put another term in the tombola? Should I put the tombola of terms on again? 
Go on. Put it around, see what comes Go out. on. Rubbing my hands here in anticipation. Here, oh, this is... It says waiver of premium. Any ideas? Well, I guess when it means waiver, that means something you don't pay. So this is something where you don't pay your, your monthly premium. Correct. Waiver of premium is an insurance policy on top of or within the insurance policy, usually only for a few additional pennies a month. If you can't work because of your health, the insurer says, don't worry, don't have to pay your premiums anymore. We will cover the costs. So they will waive your premium. Is there any for, And that's only for a few months? It's for as long as you are unable to work. Usually it kicks in after not being able to work for six months. Another term I've seen is loaded premiums. Well, hang on a minute. When you say you've seen it, you've seen it out there or in the tombola of terms? Cause... Another term I've seen when I've been writing or okay. researching stories. Because I didn't see you pull it out of the tombola. No. Well, I'm just kind of talking about my personal experience and combining it with the tombola. Sure, go on then. With mates. The tombola doesn't mind. Okay. Not a person. Um, another term I've seen, not in the tombola, but when I've been researching stories, is loaded <laughs> premiums. Yeah. Uh, I'm guessing that's nothing to do with guns or how... The 1990s magazine, the Lads Mag. 1990s Lads Mag or... Yes, that's my, that was the joke I was going to make. Yep. Oh, What's have I ruined your joke? No, it wasn't. It's, going to, it's going to be a joke about money. It's not going to be funny. I mean, your jokes normally aren't. So loaded premiums, um, tune into episode two for a, a detailed answer. But what that means is that your monthly cost, your monthly premium to the insurer is higher than others because you have medical conditions you have disclosed to them. I'm going to tear one out of the tombola this time okay. because it always seems to be you taking it out. Here we go. Joint life and single life. Oh, can I have a 10? Go on. I'm guessing single life is if you are getting a policy out just in your name. But a joint life is you could take it out with a partner, such as a spouse. Correct. Spot on. Does that, but what does that mean in terms of, do you both pay separate premiums or is that just one premium? So single life, it's just you. That's very simple. Joint life means you have a joint policy. And interestingly, different insurers operate in different ways. So let's take, a, let's take an example of a life insurance policy, a joint life insurance policy. With majority of insurers, you pay one premium, which covers both of you. If one of you dies, it pays out and the policy ends. However, there, there are some insurers that do it differently. Guardian is is one and what guardian do is they say you pay one premium but you will both have a life insurance policy so if one of you dies it pays out and the other one can still claim yeah so it's quite a nice thing they're doing there quite like that when you say everyone can still claim if the other person dies as well sorry i should have clarified that so if you die yeah and then your spouse dies it would pay out twice once upon your death and once upon this. Spouse's death. Okay. Well, I'll tell you what we should talk about then. So there's a third type, which is life of another, which is when you take out an insurance policy on someone else's life. Like the mafia. <laughs> yes, a bit like the mafia, but no, nothing like the mafia. An example I could think of from a client is I have some clients that got divorced. In fact, I didn't have clients that got divorced. Okay. I, a client came to me who had got divorced. Right. And her husband had a court order that he had to pay her maintenance. And she was worried what would happen to the maintenance if he died. 
Interesting. So she took out an insurance policy on his life so that if he died, she would continue to get the monthly or yearly maintenance. I'm guessing you'd need to get someone to agree to that. The husband would have had to agree. Well, he had to answer all the medical questions, so he had to be involved with the process. Yeah. Okay. We've talked a little bit about payouts there. I thought it'd be interesting to discuss what happens when you get that payout and how you decide who it goes to. Are we uh, finished with the tombola then? Well, I'm I put mean, that away because it's taken up a lot of space in here. Yeah, we're going to put that away because I think I can wing it without the tombola. Go on, let's see how you get well, on. I've got a couple of things I want to ask you about payouts. Yeah. So is a payout from either life insurance or critical illness or income protection, is it tax-free? So we're going to assume here that these are personal policies and not business policies. Again, yes, they are tax-free. A lot of people put their policies in trusts, which is a one way of mitigating tax. So why do you need that if a payout is tax-free? So the payout is tax-free, as in when you receive it, the recipient doesn't pay any tax on it, which is slightly different to the reason for a trust. The reason for a trust is normally to avoid or mitigate inheritance tax. So it's something different. Okay. Okay. So if I die... My, my policy will pay to me or my estate whatever I've insured myself for. Me or my estate don't pay any tax on that. There's no income tax, there's no capital gains tax. When that estate then pays the money to, let's say, my children, that's where the potential inheritance tax See. arises. Inheritance tax, normally 40%. So if I write the policy in trust, it doesn't pay it to my estate. It pays it to the trust, which is... All it is really is a piece of paper, but it pays it to the trust, therefore is outside of my estate for inheritance tax and and can be passed to my dependents free of inheritance tax. So if I had a million pound life insurance policy, if it went via my estate, potentially they would pay £400,000 of that to the tax man to HMRC. If it's written in trust, then they should get a million pounds paid to them. Bit of a difference. Why wouldn't all these policies just automatically be written in trust? That just help save people the hassle and potential inheritance tax bill. Yeah, a trust is a separate legal entity, and there are we've simplified it here. We t- we like to try and keep things simple on this show. There are legal considerations and tax considerations that you have to have when setting up a trust. So that's why they're not automatically put into a trust. There are also different types of trust. Maybe we'll cover that at some point in the future if that's interesting to our listeners. But it couldn't be automatic. It wouldn't work to, to automatically put every single policy into a trust. Another term I've seen with life insurance is, is and I'm guessing this may be related, is trustees. Yeah, so that's to do with the, the trust. So the trustees are the people that are responsible for looking after the trust and deciding what happens to the money in the trust. Who decides who the trustees are? The person setting up the policy would decide who the trustees are. So to give you an example... Let's take me. If I take out a life insurance policy on my life, I'd probably want my wife as a trustee. Because my children are very young, I wouldn't have them as trustees. I may pick one of my parents or a trusted friend, co-host on a podcast, for instance, to be a trustee as well. And then in the event of my death, when the money is paid into the trust, the trustees would be responsible for paying the money out in accordance with my wishes or the terms of the trust. Can a trustee also receive the money or be what's called a beneficiary? They can indeed. So the beneficiaries are the people who receive the money from the trust. A trustee can be a beneficiary. What if there's a dispute over who should 
receive a payout. An example, what are you thinking? So if there's a life insurance payout and well, say, I guess if you are in a second marriage and there's a life insurance payout and the ex-wife says, oh, no, I, need, I should be entitled to some of that. So second marriage, a man dies and then uh, he leaves the money to his current wife. But his ex-wife says, well, I should be entitled to some of that sum. Well, that's probably why they're getting divorced. <laughs> um, it, this is a, that's probably a legal question and it'd be interesting to get a solicitor's opinion on that. So if, you, if you're listening and, and know the answer, let us know. I, w- I would... Uh, my guess would be that if if it's written in trust and the new wife is the beneficiary and the old wife isn't, then that's absolutely fine. Would you mention your insurance policies in your will? Um, if they're written in trust, they actually fall outside of the remit of the will. But you might want to leave details of them along with the will so that upon your death, your loved ones know which policies you have and where to claim them. I mean, most of our clients tell their family who we are. So in the event of death or illness, the family contact us. I think that covers most terms I've come across. Is there anything else you think we have missed? I'll tell you one other thing which I'd like to talk about because we often get queries from clients about this is something called family income benefits. Have you heard of that? No. So the confusion often arises because when clients hear about this, they think it relates to income protection, which it doesn't. Oh. <laughs> Why are you um, purring at me? That's just my general reaction to okay. things. So family income benefits is just a way that your protection policy pays out upon claim. So you could have your policy paid out as a lump sum. It could be, And we said earlier it could be a decreasing lump sum, an increasing lump sum, or a level term. Family income benefit pays it out on a usually a monthly basis so it's paid as a family income see does that make sense yeah it okay. does to me um it is a bit of a strange one i don't know why the insurance industry has it so such a confusing term what would you could you come up with some better names for it i would just call it income replacement but i, I, I what my point is i don't I think, think it's should the have the income, word income isn't it so what i'd probably have is if some policies pay out lump sum call them lump sum policies. Yeah. And if some policies pay out monthly amounts, call them regular payment policies or... Sometimes I see a phrase that says whole of life cover. What does that mean? So if you cast your mind back to 10, 15 minutes ago, we spoke about term, the length of your policy, 5, 10, 15, 20 years, whatever it may be. Whole of life runs for as long as you live the whole of your life it's actually one of these policies where the the name is perfect for it so you could have a life insurance policy a whole of life insurance policy so whatever point you die whether that is tomorrow or in 50 years time it will pay out the amount you've insured yourself for as long as you've been paying the premiums all these years okay that may be all we have time for any questions about the terms we've discussed or any terms you've seen that you'd like us to throw into our tombola for our alien concept, do feel free to get in touch. You can email me, Mark, M-A-R-C, at CavendishContent.com. Message Josh, Joshua, at TopFS.co.uk. Reach out to us. That's a phrase Reach I hate. Out. Don't say it, no. Reach out. Contact us via Twitter. I'm at Mark Schoffman. Josh is at Josh Gersler. Yeah, I mean, why did you point at me? Because I thought you'd say it. At Josh Gersler. And the podcast can be found at InfraPennyPod1. Do feel free to pass the pod on and leave any feedback via iTunes, Podbean or Pigeon Carrier. 
Not pigeon carrier, I can't stand pigeons. So for now, thank you for being in for a penny.